We live in a society that looks down on being still. However, stillness can have amazing benefits to your mental health. I found that being still, especially in silence, can calm my anxiety and stress. Now, I'm well aware that many aren't comfortable being silent with themselves, and I respect that. But I would implore you to take the time to write down the positives and negatives of both being still and being constantly on the go, both mentally and physically. Once you've written your lists, take a moment to go over them and see what makes sense to you. If you find that silence is best, talk to a mental health professional about what you fear unpacking in your silence. I promise you on the other side of your fear is a deep beauty in your stillness, in the silence that comes along with it. Another level to who you are which will be both challenging and rewarding. So what do you say, Misfits? Are you up for it? Okay. Let's get healed. Revolution Multimedia LLC presents The Healing Space, a black and queer mental health podcast created to prove there's more than one way to heal. I am your host, Sensei Raven Akundayo, CLC. Peace, Misfit Universe, and welcome to November, also known as the greatest month of the year. (laughs) This is also season four of The Healing Space. Can you believe it? We've been healing together since 2017. As always, THS takes a break in October and then comes back with new episodes to lead you into the holiday season. This time around, we'll have new episodes every single week. Now next week, we'll be healing through trauma. As always, remember that if you'd like to skip ahead, just go into the description where you'll find our chapter times. BHW joins me this week for our new segment called Unpack. The segment was once Culture of Pop, however, with a new season, it's time to change some things up, you feel me? I welcome back BHW so we can unpack the season premiere of Insecure and the sorority scandal, as well as discuss what we believe our quintessential black television series would look like. Also, You'll be hearing from Michael Ward a little later as he reminds all of you to check out BGSAH this coming Friday. But let's go ahead and check in. So I'm going to keep the check-in kind of short and sweet, or as short and sweet as I possibly can. (laughs) My mind continues to be in a kind of fog, which has made up most of 2021 for me. I can admit that I felt a bit more optimistic being off of social media. However, I've always been a naturally optimistic person, so I felt kind of off-center for some time now. I've been working on how to rise up out of this funk. There have definitely been bright spots. I'm still in love with my boo. I've gained more yoga students. I talk to my family back home on FaceTime pretty often, and for the first time in a long time, I was in the gym quite a bit. Now that last one I continue to fall in and out of, but hey, it's November, and this Scorpitarius is looking forward to celebrating the big four too. This is the first time in my life that it's been difficult to look on the bright side of things, 
because imposter syndrome is real. And that's why it's this week's focus. Many of us experience it, even if we don't have a name for it, and it can play a huge role in just how deep and dark our anxiety can get. But before we go into that, let's chat with BHW and unpack some things. Okay, Misfits, we have some things to unpack. Now, this segment used to be called the Culture of Pop, but I felt like as we lean deeper into mental health here on a mental health podcast, (laughs) there are some things that I, you know, kind of wanted to shift around and change. So uh, Culture of Pop will now be called Unpacking or let's unpack or, you know, as we go along. <laughs> I'll, I'll figure out the exact name I want for it, but all I know is unpacking going on. Um, and what better person to unpack things going on in the world right now than with BHW. Welcome back to THS, bro. Hey, it's good to be back. <laughs> it's, it's so funny doing it on Zoom, like, in the past, we would be like, oh, oh no, that was the old days where it would be over the phone. Wow. Right? Or at least I can there go. But he'd be making all those sounds and all you would do is hear him like, but to see him on Zoom actually dancing as he... <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so so what are your thoughts real quick? What are your thoughts? Because you've been here from the beginning. So what are your thoughts on me changing the name of the segment? I'm not mad at it. Things grow and evolve and change and you're still covering... The, the like the topics themselves are like what the thing is hasn't changed it just is a rebrand so people will continue to flow with it already listening to the episode well we're gonna still talk shit it'll still be your version our version of pop culture it just is something different i mean it's but we've always been unpacking it anyway we're just finally calling it that speak so speak yes <laughs> there it is indeed okay <laughs> so the first thing i'd like for us to unpack excuse me, like for us to unpack is the season premiere of Insecure. So I guess I'll get your overall feelings and then we'll go into, you know, the big to-do that's going on concerning that episode. Okay, okay. Um, I I was like, okay, my bad. Um, My overall feelings, (laughs) so, um, it was nice, it was enjoyable, it was good to see everybody back. Um, I didn't have any, like, really strong opinions, whatever. It was just really good. It was like a, a nice introduction. I think going into it, I was a lot more emotional just because overall, it's like, I know it's the final season. You know, Black shows, you know, we never, or or not we never, but very often, (laughs) they kind of end without a, you know, a proper thing. And so it's like, I think it's the first time in a very long time um, that we know it's the ending going into it. So it's, that's a different level for me of like the emotion of like, oh my gosh, this is really ending and I know what's coming, but I don't want it to go. And you know, the end of an era kind of a thing. Um, but it was just good to see everybody. I, I really enjoyed them. I think too, it looks like probably gonna be very reflective of them saying, you know, what is our legacy? And I've been reading a couple of things, so not just like the legacy of the show, but also of the characters and then they're getting older. And you know, it was nice to see them go back to, um, the Chingy reunion just kind of like a reset and also kind of yeah. like reestablish their friendships. Cause I was reading a lot of people like, well, I didn't know they all met at college. I don't know they, you know, were friends for this long or whatever. And I I get people forget things, but all these things have been mentioned, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. The show's only eight episodes a season. It comes on once a year. 
I, I 1000% understand. I, there was, there was no new information as far as college was really concerned with that, but that's fine. Um, I love that Issa is still doing her, her entrepreneur thing. And I love, you know, the panel was a little awkward, but she was honest and it's good yeah. to be honest in that space. It was just such an awkward moment. Um, I love that her and Molly weren't immediately back great, which is mm -hmm. good. Um, I still hate it that we didn't get a conversation at the end of, you know, the finale, but it's neither here nor there. Right. Um, but yeah, I feel like I'm rambling. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Um, I, for me, I guess, like, okay, so I, I can admit, going into the episode, I'd forgotten everything about college. But once mm -hmm. I saw it, I was like, oh yeah, they, they had mentioned this, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to say that I forgot that Tiffany's husband went to college with them, but then I also believe that I remember that being mentioned as well. He was the one that really caught me off guard. I feel like I clearly remember yeah. all the girls talking about that. I think it was, and again, I think it was something that might've been mentioned once in like season one. I think the very first time we met Kelly and Tiffany is when they mentioned it and didn't yeah. talk about it again. So gotcha. I understand people forgetting because we're in season five now. Right. But I, I do believe they told us this. <laughs> <laughs> it's um it's supposed to be ten episodes, right? I hope so. I really don't. I can't remember. <laughs> I think it's ten. Though. I can't remember. Well, that that's the thing that has given me peace because yeah. I can admit, you know, even though I, I enjoyed this episode, but even with that, I'm still thinking to myself, it's going to be over too quickly. You know, um, mm -hmm. with ten episodes, I'm like, okay, I can I can deal with this a little bit better. Um, I. I too, like you, would have liked there to have been a conversation at the end of the last season. But I also did appreciate the fact that it wasn't like everything was just perfectly fine. Yeah. You know, I, th I was like, okay, so so we're we're gonna take some steps. I feel that's, that. I that's what made that. me feel bad because I was about ready to start tweeting. Right. It was gonna be Gucci again. I was gonna be at Prentice Penny. <laughs> I, I felt like, and uh, you know, a part of me is hoping, one of the things that I can say that I liked about this episode is that it, for the most part, and so Issa and, um, and so Issa and Molly kind of went off walking by themselves, the episode felt very, everybody's equal. And I liked that because once um, Kelly and Tiffany became, you know, like main, I, I forgot what the terminology is, but main series cast. Regular. Series regulars, yeah. <laughs> Once it became series regulars, I still felt like we hardly saw them. So That's to correct. me, it was like, well, you you made them series regulars, but are they? So <laughs> I guess check wise they might be, but I mean story wise, no. The focus has always been East Somalia and Lawrence. So yeah, yeah. So it was <laughs> like with with this episode, I was like, okay, I appreciate that there are things that are happening where you know Kelly's the only one on screen or she's the only one interacting with somebody or something like that. I was mm -hmm. like, I like that. I like that you're giving us four different perspectives. Mm -hmm. um, I would I would have been okay if we had seen more of that during the season. I mean, series, you know, um, even though I get that it's mainly about the three of them. Um, still, at the end of the day, I felt like you saw a whole lot more of Molly and Issa than you did of even Lawrence. So. <laughs> but yeah. I understand that they, they, the two of them are kind of the core storyline. I mm -hmm. get that. Um, but it's one of the things I've really appreciated about this episode. To be honest, I would like to see more of it. Um, I felt like with the whole thing with uh, Kelly and, you know, them, the people at the school believing that she was no longer with us. Mm -hmm. I liked that it seemed like there were layers to how she felt when she was talking yeah. about how you all think that I'm a joke and all that kind of stuff. You know, I liked that. 
because you know I love layers to a character. So I'm like, okay, are we about to see some more things going on with her? Because you know she, she, there's an actress right there, you know, um, and she's definitely proven that with other roles that she's had outside of Insecure. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I liked that as well. The ending caught me off guard a little bit because there was a part of me that knew I was watching the first episode of the fifth season. But I was like, did I miss something? <laughs> as soon as you pull up on them, you're like, yeah, so, uh, uh, that's done. <sighs> but I was like, okay. You know, I was like, okay, well, we, we can see where this is going to go. You know that I believe you and I disagree when it comes to this. Um, I've wanted the show to end with them, them not being together from the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. To me, it just feels more realistic. Um, I don't know what, they more than likely probably will end up together or it'll be some awkward thing leading to a possibility that they could be. Um, but I, I was just I, like, oh. what'd you say? I was like, I don't know. And I, sorry to cut you off, because I remember like reading or seeing an interview recently, because I was just reading about the stuff that the season came out. Um, and I know Issa said they never planned on Lawrence being past season one. Wow. They changed things and, you know, brought him back or whatever. But originally he was only supposed to be one and done. No. Wow. Jay Ellis did not know that. <laughs> but I'm saying, he, didn't, he didn't know that then. He since learned it, but you know what I'm saying? He didn't know that initially. Right. So that would have been very interesting. I I want them to end up together. Yeah. I do. Because I feel like we've, we've seen a lot. I feel like they keep circling each other or whatever, you know. Um, and like you, I was definitely caught off guard, but I'm like, okay, it's episode one. We got nine more. Let me calm right. down. But I also, I mean, I get it. He he got a, has a new baby or baby on the way. That's a lot to deal with when y'all yeah. are also rebuilding as well. It's a lot of happenings going there, on. There were a lot of people at the end of last season that had an issue with Condoleezza having his baby. Mm-hmm. And the thing that and in not only did they have problems with that, but you said you were one. I was one. I was. <laughs> but they also didn't understand why Issa would stay. And that really confused me. Because in my mind, I'm like, from an adult point of view, if you love somebody and they genuinely want to be with you, like let's say that condominium was no longer part of the situation. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, if he genuinely wants to be with you, why would the fact that he has a child make you not? And I get it, the whole baby mama thing, I understand. But for love, like, you're like, okay, well, we're gonna figure some way out out of this. Instead of just being like, no. Like there were people who saw that and were like, she'd be a dumbass to stay. And I'm like, but I don't, I don't I get think, why that would be a thing. I think that is a very mature perspective that you have. And I wish most adults in a co-parenting situation could just say, we are just here for the child. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, a lot of these niggas, <laughs> it's just chaos. And so I think a lot of people probably are already tainted or have that connotation that it's not just that. I think it's different to come into a situation. You already have a child, you're already co-parenting. I think right. like I'm saying, we're in the process of rebuilding. This was somebody see it as a break baby or whatever you know what i'm saying and now you have to deal with that newness but y'all also just broke up as well and i think there's just a lot happening at once you don't really like i think like lawrence and crystal ball have like unresolved tension or whatever between each other and how they broke mm-hmm. up and then now we have a child coming into the situation i'm also trying to build with Issa over here and right. you know it i think it's just a lot so i understand why people would say that um 
I, I did not like, and this is not even a a a, condo, a condola thing. I'm gonna say her name because I can't even be creative right now. <laughs> That's real. That's real. <laughs> I did not like the way that the story was told. Because like okay. episode eight, they have this amazing date, Lawrence and Issa, and they reconnect, and she spends the night. These are spoilers. Sorry, y'all. It's fine. So I just because to prove to prove the point, I got I got to tell this. It's gonna be spoilers. It's fine. Right. And then so episode nine, you know, and Condola's calling his phone. He doesn't answer. You know, episode goes off, and they Issa enjoy each other. Whatever. Cool. Episode nine comes. They're like really reconnecting and enjoying each other. She's like, Hey, did you end up talking to her? He's like, Yeah, we talked. Things are done and over. Whatever. Cool. Episode ten comes. We get to the end of episode 10 and now she's pregnant. <laughs> and not to say life does not happen that way, but storytelling wise, that really irritated me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So no, was- I, and to, to be clear, I was, I was quite irritated. I was, <laughs> you know, because even though I admit that I never wanted to see them together in the end, I knew that wasn't the last season. You know, yeah. so I'm like, it's not like I don't want them to ever experience happiness together. Mm-hmm. And the way they went about doing it, I was like, well, this is nice. You know, like, I, I really like the way they're telling this story of them yeah. rekindling things. It felt very mature compared to where they were in the beginning of the series, you know? Listen. So it was the bro. evolution of them. Yeah, that's what I really liked. I was like, I like how calm and chill this is, you know? Um, it wasn't like it had to be this big to do about Hello. them getting reconnected, you know? So when that happened, I was like, well, that was that was ignorant. <laughs> I was ignorant of y'all to do that. But it was after I felt that way, to be honest, and, and this is the, the God's honest truth, and I, I just thought about this literally in this moment. I don't know if I would have felt the way I do today if the masses weren't as angry as they were. Like, if people That's wouldn't that. have been as angry as they were, I might still be against the way that ended. That. But because everybody was so, you know, just pissed off, I ended yeah. up, you know, me in balance. So I was like, well, I kind of feel like I got to be on the other side. <laughs> it's like yeah. people got pitchforks, you know? And I think also it was confusing too, because like Condola ended things with Lawrence because she didn't want more. But I was like, you're pregnant and you're keeping the baby. And right. I, I was 100% all pro-choice, absolutely. Yeah, but, it's, but that's a good point. The baby of the man you didn't want anything more with. Yeah. That's, that's a good why keep his baby? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm I'm happy Easter's writing the finale. Praise God, or she wrote the finale. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. It it'll definitely be her voice how it ends. That's for sure. So, Praise yeah. God. <laughs> but okay, so back to the first episode yeah. of season five. So um, I'll let you go ahead and explain to the misfits the the hoopla that's going on from that. Uh, okay, so um, in the episode, you know, the four friends and um, and Tiffany's husband, so the five the five of them, whatever, mm-hmm. they all go back to their college, Stanford. They're having their ten year reunion. Tiffany's wearing pink and green the whole episode. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in fraternity sororities do this when they go to homecomings or whatever else. They just rep their colors. Tiffany and Molly are both AKAs, the characters. We have known this since season one. We have seen AKA paraphernalia on this show since season one. Tiffany and Molly have done the AKA little chant or whatever you call it on the show. Mm -hmm. Cool. So there's like day one, Tiffany's in a pink and green. It's no colors, no letters, whatever. Day two, same shit going, whatever. Cool. At 
Issa's little panel thing she has on her AK jacket. Her weave's so damn long, if you don't know what it is, you almost can't tell. But that's right. <laughs> episode goes off, or maybe in the midst of the episode, whatever. Somebody's all upset on Twitter. I can't believe you're wearing my letters. Disrespectful to my organization. How could y'all do this? Y'all didn't get approval. Blase, 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 blase. So everybody's like, you're overreacting. It's not that deep. I honestly will say the majority of what I've seen were people against the initial tweet saying it's not that deep, calm down. Then it became this whole thing of like Greek and what's wrong with that? I don't care about all that. But I, I'm just confused because I don't, hmm. To me, there are enough American black people involved in the making of this show and it is something on HBO. I don't believe that it's, that was an oversight. I don't believe that that was something that was not intentional. I don't believe they didn't get approval or whatever else. To my understanding, you always kind of had to. But also, right. I don't know why everybody's shocked in season five. Like, we didn't know these people were Greek from, from season one. Like, right. I get they don't talk about every single episode because I know what the show is about. But it's, I, I, I think the way it was told was an authentic representation. I don't know why it was all of this. And some people point out they really feel like this was so much it was amanda seals character wearing the things and everybody yeah. has an issue with her yeah and that is unfortunate for a number <laughs> of reasons but right. i just didn't think it was it 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 went deep to me i was just like okay tiffany's ak she's wearing ak jacket got it yeah in my mind just whatever was supposed to be approved had been approved right right and to my and to my knowledge it actually has been i know there was like a quote unquote an email that came out saying we're going from aka saying we're going to file action or do whatever. Some people say that was a fake email. Some people say it was real. I don't know. Yeah. By and large, the people that I've seen online really did not care. Yeah. So <clears throat> it, I, I wish, like you you just mentioned that, I wish I would have asked this. And I'm not going to share the relationships that I have with the two people. Just very, mm -hmm. you know, two very important people in my life who yeah. are in fraternities and sororities I talked to about this. And I wish I would have asked the one who's an AKA if she received the email. Um, mm -hmm. I Because, you know, with you saying that just now about, you know, we're not sure if it was actually true mm -hmm. or not. I was like, I really could have asked her to see if she actually received it. Um, but I spoke to the two people. One's in a fraternity, one's in a sorority. Um, the one who is in the sorority, who's, in, you know, an actual AKA, uh, she admitted that she didn't really see what the big deal was. She did mm -hmm. state if things were done from a legal perspective, they were if they weren't done correctly, she would be pursuing action, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, otherwise, she, you know, as an AKA, she doesn't really see what the big deal was about. I appreciated the conversation that I had with the person in the fraternity because we didn't agree. And it led to us being able to have a better understanding of the other person's point of view. Mm -hmm. You know, like, even if we agreed to disagree, we heard each other. And I, yeah. I think that, of course, you know, we've talked about this more than once. The problem in this society is that people often don't hear each other. They have, yeah. you know, differing views, dissenting opinions, and it's just like, well, that's it. And yeah. as we were having the conversation, you know, I likened it because my, my biggest issue has been that it's active. And for me, I'm like, if this was an, any other situation, I would step back and be like, okay, I guess I understand where you're coming from. You know, when it comes with the, the, the crests and all of those things, mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I get it. If this was, you know, any other situation, like we had brought up Halloween and things of that nature, mm -hmm. I was like, I would understand it. But I, you know, as someone who, you know, went to school for acting, Mm -hmm. I, I do have an issue with, and this is a whole other episode of this podcast we can go into, but feeling like the 
there's a box around us and it's becoming smaller and smaller as far as what actors can do. There, there was a time where there was a beauty in stepping outside of who you were and telling other people's stories. And now mm -hmm. it's looked down upon that, you know, you shouldn't be telling this story. Only a gay man can play a gay man, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, when when I'm nominated for my Oscar, what is it that you're celebrating about what it was that I did? Like, I just had a real, a real angry performance. Like, I don't know, for me, I'm like, being able to vanish into somebody else is the beauty of acting, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when I think about this whole situation, and I'm like, okay, true, they're not AKAs, but their characters are, you know? Yeah. So it's like when when they're when if I could see if Tiffany did a bunch of really deplorable shit while wearing your crest, <laughs> you know, then it's like okay, then we can have a conversation about the fact that you're angry that this person is representing your sorority while wearing your colors and mm -hmm. crest and all that stuff. But I'm yeah. like that that didn't happen. Like she's walking through school, you know. Um, and, and like you said, it's not like this isn't something that was known from the beginning of the series. So if you were arguing this entire time, then it would either be, we get why you're arguing, or can you please cut it out if the show's about That's to end. It would be think, one of those two. Because to me, I think I would have I would have anticipated more of a reaction when they did like the call yeah. than her wearing the letters. And I'm not saying that... I. I I think to me and the Greek people that I know I think that has always been something that's been more disrespectful to them um, yeah. and I don't I like to do this acting I don't mean I'm, some people made the argument you know people all the time do like fake fraternity sororities on television and they do and that's fine but I, I can appreciate though the authenticity of like okay this is something that we know that's I, how I felt yeah and I <laughs> every organization has different stereotypes and yeah. of course people exist in that and, and are different or whatever but Molly and Tiffany do give me AKA. Yeah. They just do. <laughs> yeah. They just do it as you wish. And not passing any judgment on them or the organization or whatever. That's who they give me. Yeah. And that's the thing too, because even if they we would have gotten a a fake sorority from them, we'd be like, okay, I realize they would have been AKAs. Like the thing still would have been there. Absolutely. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I honestly said, I think that folks had to find something to argue about because the episode really didn't give a lot to like, and not in a bad way. It just wasn't, it was very, almost kind of cut and dry. So there was nothing else to argue about, so they had to find something. Yeah. So, so as, as somebody who has been, you know, stuck up at gunpoint before, I can say that if it was a situation where the person that was doing it was somebody that I knew personally, the situation that went down with me and my friends wouldn't have happened. Like when I was watching this on television, I was like, oh no, she actually knows us. Ain't gonna be no, your boyfriend is going to shoot us and then get away. We would have been fighting. <laughs> I would have been like, you know us personally, you're connected to us in some way. So they're going to find you, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. the guy who robbed us when we were on the we were on the corner back in Baltimore, we didn't have any connection to him. You know, mm -hmm. and it was like once he—I <laughs> don't know if I ever told you this story—but when mm -hmm. he uh, stuck up, stuck us up at gunpoint, I was the only one who didn't take my stuff out my pocket. Like, but I was also the person standing furthest away from him. Mm -hmm. So it was like when dude came up on us, all of us ran, but then we stopped because he grabbed one of our friends and was holding him. So mm -hmm. we had all dispersed. I was the furthest away. Yeah. So he asked everybody to take their stuff out their pockets, put their phone down. My ass. 
<laughs> in my mind, I was like, you got enough people's stuff. You ain't getting mine too. So <laughs> he picked oh, up their stuff and went running off. And it was because I still had my phone that I was able to call the cops. Um, but I'm sitting there and I'm like, he that's what he would have done. You know, he would have shot one of us and then ran off the way he did. We have no <laughs> way of knowing who he is, none of that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. But it's like, okay, let's say, and God forbid, you know, any of the characters die, but let's say she would have shot Kelly. And then, you know, the two of them would have tried to get off. You got three other people who coming after you, all but this kind of stuff. And so that was my thing, because like thinking about it, I'm like, I kind of thought a bit of that too. I'm like, okay. And maybe that's why we didn't mention it again before the episode went off, but I'm like, okay, y'all know her. Like, y'all know, like, first and last name. You might not know yeah. this man, but you can find her. You know she was in town for the reunion. Yes, she wasn't registered, but everybody saw her loud ass. So they right. know she was there. Like, <laughs> but I'm also like, Kelly and Tiffany ain't but right around the corner in a parking spot, and y'all are just outside the door. Yeah. So it's not even, y'all weren't even, and I have never been, you know, robbed at gunpoint or nothing else, but I'm like, I, I like there was ways we could have gotten around this yeah 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 like literally standing outside the door because if nothing else before she ran over there to him i was gonna grab her yeah listen <laughs> listen <laughs> i was like this is television as if this was real life <laughs> but i did i guess the whole point of that though was like of course you know Issa and all needed the moment so they could finally like connect again yeah. i'm like child yeah. Me and sister girl, next to serious videos. Good up. So, as we finish with Insecure, we are now going to unpack something that I brought to BHW's attention a couple of days ago. And that is what would be our quintessential Black show? So, um, yeah, I guess I'll throw it to you. Do you want me to throw it to you or you want me to talk about my? I want to do it first. Thanks. Okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> yes, thanks. Okay, so I was only able to give but so much to it because it's like, I don't know as a writer if you've ever had those times where it's like, the idea is beautifully clear in your mind, but mm -hmm. getting it down on paper is the thing, you know? Every single time. Yeah. So it's, yeah. <laughs> and and yes, every single time. Um, but here, here's the thing though, there is this, beautiful release and when it finally comes out though you know mm -hmm. it's like you're you're struggling to give birth to that but when mm -hmm. it happens and when you can see it oh yeah. it feels so good absolutely Ooh. um th that's how i feel like when the the first book that i was a part of mm -hmm. um when i started to write it it was science fiction and mm -hmm. in my mind, I was like, I've never written science fiction before. Like, what is this going to end up being? Mm -hmm. And like midway through, I'm amped. Because I'm yeah. like, this thing is nice, okay? You know? Um, and then it ends up being crazy because like the the brother who put the book out, it was a anthology. Yeah. And the brother who released it, he hit me up a couple of years later. And some of the technology that I put into the book is actually a reality now. And yeah. right. <laughs> and he hit me up and he was like, oh, so what was it that you knew? <laughs> Nobody else. Of course did it. <laughs> for me, okay. Let's talk about that thing. Come on. But um, but yeah, so I was like, and thinking about this, I was like, I think if I had more time, mm -hmm. I would, you know, really be able to write it out. Um, but okay, so for my quintessential show, it will focus on Orishas, Hoodoo, and Voodoo. Okay. Um, it will focus on a family from Portland. And the oldest son of the family 
And the, the family has struggled with debt and stress for years. And their oldest mm-hmm. son is killed by Portland cops. Mm-hmm. And the cops get off. And after that, you know, the, the family just feels like nothing can ever get better. Because, yeah. because of the scandal and everything that's gone on, the corrupt police department has made it so nobody in the city feels like they can be behind the family. So they lose their jobs and all this stuff. Yeah. And so they have a cousin that shows up from Nigeria. And you know, and you you find this out like throughout the season. So it's like the cousin doesn't show up immediately. It's like mm-hmm. midway through the season that the um, cousin shows up. Throughout the first like four or five episodes, you're just watching them as they're kind of fighting against the system. Mm-hmm. And so the cousin shows up and it's like, I understand everything that you all have been going through, but there's something so much better in the yeah. legacy of who our family is. And let me introduce you to it, you know. Um, so yeah, so that's only as far as I've fantasy got. And all of that. I love it. Come on. <laughs> well, we really do. We do need more of that in that space in like a, a I don't want to say mainstream way, because I still want it to be a very Black thing, which is what the question was. Sorry, is the airplane too loud? I'm sorry. No. I don't know if you can hear that. Okay, praise God. <laughs> I, um, in a variable way and I, th- I think though there are some black sci-fi things that are made but they're on like the sci-fi network or they're somewhere you know like obscure so most people don't know about them um but i would love that come on we need, we need and, to do and all of the things, things all of the things the thing that i would want that would make it so different because i don't want like the the really obvious charm type stuff mm-hmm. like i want it to be more subtle i don't even want it to be like um true blood you know, mm-hmm. like I want it to be something, you know, like how when uh, Christopher Nolan made Batman, it mm-hmm. was what would it be like if Batman was real? You know, like we're leaving comic books and stuff fine. What about if Batman was in the real world? I yeah. would want to do it from that point of view. You know, like it's it's definitely sci-fi, but it's really subtle with the things that happen, you know? Yeah. um, So it gives more of a belief into what it is that's going on, you know? um. And, and the connection to, you know, the gods and goddesses of Yoruba culture. So, yeah. That's, that's always a thing. Because that's my my thing is I always just appreciate, like, the everyday. Like, even with Charm, like you mentioned, I get this, you know, supernatural show, The Witches, that's great. But they're also still sisters. So what yeah. is that? Like, right. okay, we still gotta go to work, we still gotta do what I love life, but then we gotta get this big bad that's coming after us. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's, what does all of that juggling look like? So I'm always... Right. <laughs> um... Which I guess kind of leads into mine. Mine is not as, I think, as specific. Maybe I slightly misunderstood, but that's fine. <laughs> um, I just, I want to see, and I'm in the process of probably retooling my own. I think you've read this pilot or whatever. I just, yeah. I really love family dramas. I just do. I um, would love to see a Black one that's not like a soap. That is just, yeah. you know, soaps are, you know, great. I'm, I'm a fan of soaps. There are some current primetime soaps I'm a little questioning, but that's fine. It's neither here nor there. I, um... I don't know. I just I like the brothers and sisters and and uh, and parenthood and and whatever. Um, like Queen Sugar is great. Queen Sugar though is is definitely it's a little soapy ish. It still has like a family business thing. I just want to see these people living. Um, yeah. Like back. Like again, I told you I was reading a bunch of insecure stuff and watching stuff or whatever. And I think she said at some point the lady just described that like black people on a Tuesday. And I'm like, yeah. yes. It's literally all that I write. Like. Yeah. It's not, it's not, uh, <laughs> Nothing against the car crashes and chases and police things and med shows and all those amazing things that I watch. Yeah. I just that's not what I write typically. Right. So I just love to see this black family dealing with each other in their day to day lives, 
and where their blackness is not a plot point. Um, yeah. Where not this uber wealthy family, but they don't also have to be, you know, as I know that it's very popular like on stars now with like Black Lives Matter family and power and those different things. And again, a lane for that. It's no fault. I'm not mad at it. Right. But absolutely. Like, look, look, again, let's be all the things. So there, there's yes. still people who are just, again, Black on a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> like, <they're laughs> a large family and they're trying to how to get to Sunday dinner and their spouse get on their nerves and the kids cutting up at school and their boss is bossing and like they on their last morning to get to work late. Ball, you know, like, I just, I just want to see that. And so, yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny because I loved Brothers and Sisters. And yeah. I really enjoy, I really enjoy Queen Sugar. I've fallen off. Like I really got to catch up on Queen Sugar. Skip season um, five. But though I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and I think Nothing, skip I it. stopped. Oh, skip season five. Oh. <laughs> My biggest thing with Queen Sugar, I think, has been that it's just been so dark, you know? Like, it's such a dark show. And I'm like, if we could just have a look. I, I, I don't like, because it, it, it begins to give me that, um, I'm about to say happy days, Lord, that good times trauma. You know, I've talked to you about good times before, is, and no, about how it is I very... had to stop watching that. Listen, and I can... I slightly understand the good time. Well, I understand the good times thing. I think because good times is a comedy, and again, that's, we discussed that before. Black people can yeah. make laughter, whatever, have their pain. So that's why I think I'm able to like tolerate that. But no, Queen Sugar definitely can be like, whew. <laughs> <laughs> this is really what we're doing. Okay, I got 30 minutes left. This is okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I don't know, but I, I think their goal at times is to still show, you know, the triumphs and I guess you gotta have a trial for that and just all of the goods and bads and ins and outs. My issue with Queen Sugar sometimes, I've not said this publicly, here we go. Here we um, go. I think that it is very political at times and I get that that is topical, but again, can I just be black on a Tuesday? Like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I, like, okay, no spoilers, but like, that was kind of my issue with season five is it very much so dealt with COVID and Trump and police brutality. And I'm just like, Ava, I get this is <laughs> lame, but my God. <laughs> like, no, like, black people want an escape as well. Yeah, like, yeah, sometimes yeah. I have to question, is this for us? Yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Okay. The the thing is, the funny thing is, you said I've never said this publicly. I feel like that one line was more of a woo than anything else you said. <laughs> That's what people would tweet about. <laughs> I'm just curious. That's I just real. Because I don't, That's I real. don't know. There's a very fine line though between trying to like speak to your audience and be relatable, yeah, and yeah. like beating us over the head with something that we're living. Yeah. I don't know if we need all of the police brutality stories. I don't know yeah. that we need that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know that we need to. I'm like, I'm about to go into spoilers. <laughs> I'm, I'm, mad at, I'm mad at everybody currently, so that's fine. <laughs> I just feel, I don't know. Like, I feel the show is like on an eternally gloomy day. <laughs> like, I'm like, can I just have a season where it's sunny outside 
Because I, if I didn't know you were in the South, I'd assume y'all were in Seattle. <laughs> it just seems like it's so dreary all the time. <laughs> Yeah, all those are like the good days do not last long. Like we're gonna start that so happy. Just just know. Longer. If we start that so happy, just know. <laughs> just which is the reason why what was that? Season three that ended on a happy note? Like I would or season four. It was one of the two. But it, it was caught the wedding. me off guard. The wedding, yeah. I it think that, I want to say it was season three. It was three. I think so. Um I was just like the whole thing, and it's a shame that y'all make me feel this way. I'm sitting there the whole time waiting for something bad to happen. Because I was like, this show don't end on good notes. <laughs> Queen Sugar don't do that, so. Fair. No, that's but that yeah. PTSD. Right. But see, that's why we need that from you. We, we, we need that quintessential show. Now, mind you, what now, you now, let me read was like back in 1994. So I can only imagine the changes you've made since then. Now, granted, <laughs> I'm still going to give you the drama and the chaos. Please know that. But, yes. <laughs> but these people will laugh. These people, will, you know, smile. Like, I'm not, <laughs> my goal is not to make you cry and weep and wail, at least not weekly. That's not. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when the finale comes, I'm going to turn my Shonda Rhimes on. I just, you know, <laughs> brace yourself. What's going to have us a good black time? So, so, so every season, <laughs> is it going to be about the pain of being black? No. Okay. Again, I, if I, uh, <laughs> I think if you are authentically telling a black story and it is for a black audience, you have to remind them that they're black. No, it's television. We we can see they're black. Somebody's <laughs> out here with some quotables today. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> just like you know, like soul food is one of my favorites of all time. I there is in in the seventy four episodes of the series, there is one police brutality episode. And it's like a whole thing, which is fine and great, topical, it works, but again, out of 74. Right. Then we gonna right. do this one time. <laughs> <laughs> Not in season one, in season two, in season yeah. three, in season four, in season five, in season six, the same show on home. Because we don't have to keep... I think, I think that's the thing. And, and sometimes I think that, like, writers and directors, just, you know, creatives when it comes to um, television and film, I think a lot of times they are afraid and understanding that sometimes their audience just wants to escape, you know? Mm -hmm. um, they feel like it's their duty to yeah. show the real to the world so the world yeah. can see what's going on. And, and it's like, not... but sometimes we want an escape from our reality because it's hard enough out here as is, you know? Listen, the last season of television showed us that. I, we did not need COVID on all of these shows that we got. all of the shows. I am, there's a show I don't watch regularly anymore that I heard they left COVID off this season. And I said, you better go ahead. <laughs> you better go ahead. I, I mean, but it's, it's just, it's too much. We, yes. I can see if we had lived through it and we were on the other side. Right. We were still very much so in the trenches. Yeah. <laughs> Last fall. <laughs> we don't want to see this every week. We do not. So. Uh, listen, because Shonda shows, Shonda shows was like, all right, so we done, but we're going to make sure we give y'all a little message at the end of each episode. <laughs> Letting you I know. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, um, 
to tag on to this, to the initial question, one more thing I would love to see as a, as a black, queer, gay, whatever man, yeah. um, a story after we've come out. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a friend story. Yeah. Um, although we do need more of those. And shout out to For the Voice, which is on um, Slate TV. Such um, a good series. <laughs> Such a good series. When the girls can do an amazing digital web series, listen, do you hear listen. me? Because <laughs> when you can have the cinematography, the writing, because it all starts on the page, my God. Come on! The acting. The, the light acting. Yes. yes. That's a web series but, right there. Absolutely. Yeah, I, we don't, it seems like all the mainstream ones are like, he's still closeted or he's just coming out. And those stories are great. Those stories yeah, absolutely yeah. happen every day. But what happens next? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Two years later, where is he? Yeah. <laughs> like in the in the, on the third relationship, what does that look like? Yes. Like there's this show. I don't know if you've seen it, and I know I'm rambling at this point. I'm gonna get this last thing. This show called Love Life on HBO Max. I don't know if you've seen it. It's like a, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> but we need we need a, a, a black gay man to lead third season. It's like starts off kind of rom comy and we'll discuss it more later on. But it's just I would love to see a black man in that space. Well, he's already out though. Once episode one starts. <laughs> <laughs> so, Look, yeah. you got me going to my HBO Max app right now. As we're talking. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're, gonna we're gonna discuss it after, and I'll give you more. I'll give you more. You know, <laughs> if you if you are a fan of rom coms, definitely watch it. Now it it is going to take a, a turn for for the better. It just is. Uh, pretty much though, the, like it's an anthology series. So oh, he's cheating! Yeah, he's the lead of season Chidi two. Cheating is on here. So he's the lead of season two. Wait, pause, season one. pause, pause right now. Pause right now. I didn't. Know. I had to. I had to calm down because my partner is in the bed behind me, and I was about to yell over to him. <laughs> I was like, "Let me not scare him." So, Love Life is a series that he and I watched. And the first season was so damn good. Listen, I did not know they made a season two. It just came I out. I did not know that he is the lead. Oh it my god! Came out. The first three episodes are already out. Calm down. But yeah, so you know, <laughs> it's, it's pretty much though. So, it's, it's anthology just made series. My mom. <laughs> it's what I do. Each season is gonna focus on somebody else's love life, and pretty much the whole little ten episodes or whatever is how they find their person they end up with eventually. And yes. Yeah, and it is not how you sister girl in season one is not all how you expected to go. Again, we gonna talk about that after because I want to do right. Y'all oh, need to go. Oh, we're so good. But yes. Oh, season one was so good. Oh, yes. Okay, that's a great place to end. I'm about to like squeal. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Okay, so that was some good unpacking, Misfits. Right. <laughs> oh goodness. Okay, so we're about to go into. The main topic of this episode, which is uh, imposter syndrome. So, uh, BHW isn't going anywhere, though, because after we're done with that, we will be back with the couch. All right, guys, we'll be right back. Black Gay Stuck at Home is so proud to partner with the Healing Space podcast for our bi-weekly screenings. So bring your drinks, bring your cocktails, but most importantly, make sure you RSVP at BGSAH.com. And remember, there's more than one way to heal. So it's taken me a long time to admit to myself that I have imposter syndrome. Now, 
Those of you in the Misfit universe might be asking, what exactly is it? So, let's break down the what, the cause, and how common it is. I think this is something that all of us will be able to learn from together. People who struggle with imposter syndrome believe that they are undeserving of their achievements and high esteem in which they are, in fact, generally held. They feel that they aren't as competent or as intelligent as others might think, and soon enough, people will discover the truth about them. Those with imposter syndrome are often well accomplished. They may hold high office or have numerous academic degrees. Now, what causes imposter syndrome? Personality traits largely drive imposter syndrome. Those who experience it struggle excuse me, with self-efficacy, perfectionism, and neuroticism. Competitive environments can also lay the groundwork. For example, many people who go on to develop feelings of imposterism faced intense pressure about academic achievement from their parents as in their childhood. Now, how common is imposter syndrome? Around 25 to 30% of high achievers may suffer from imposter syndrome, and around 70% of adults may experience imposterism at least once in their lifetime. 70%. Now, can you be diagnosed with imposter syndrome? That would be a no. Imposter syndrome is not an official psychiatric diagnosis. People with imposter syndrome may struggle with other mental health conditions, such as anxiety or depression but an individual couldn't be diagnosed as having imposter syndrome. Now, for those of you who listen to the podcast quite often, you know that I've talked about at length the depression and anxiety that I've battled. So I personally battle with this when it comes to how society views achievement and the respect that they have for one according to what they've accomplished in a particular field. I began teaching yoga in 2011. I've put in the hours upon hours of training with my sensei in Baltimore. Mind you, all of my training took place in 90 degree heat practicing vinyasa. Now, even though I'm a trained yogi, I still feel as though I don't have a certain amount of respect in the yoga community because I'm not certified. Because of this, I feel as though I'm seen as less than capable of educating others within the community. Now, I say I feel this way, but there are many within the community who have stated this. Now, not to me directly, but overall, if you are not certified, you should not be teaching. Now, I have students that I've taught for years that continue to come to my classes either virtually or in person, but not being certified means that there are doors I'm not allowed to walk through. This creates a deep insecurity within me, a deep anxiety, when I share space with yogis that are certified. Even though I know I'm worthy of being in the space, I feel less than because of what I quote-unquote lack. I don't feel worthy of sharing space with those people, and it hurts. The same can be said for being in the mental health field. I've been certified as a life coach for almost a decade, graduating from my class with both therapists and psychiatrists. These women all shared with me that getting their certification as a life coach was important because there are things life coaches can do that the other two can't. There's a level of openness that you can have as a life coach with your clients. I remember how people reacted to me mocking being a life coach in the years leading up to me getting certified. 
but I marched forward anyway. Once I was certified, I was blessed to have clients from the start. However, many others continued to mock life coaches, and I saw other life coaches choosing to change their title as to not be mocked. Truth is, I did the same myself, calling myself a light coach and things of that nature. In 2018, I began working for a nonprofit, taking my life coach work to the next level as I began working daily with homeless youth, many black, queer, and trans. I was never more confident in my certification. However, being surrounded by therapists and psychiatrists all day made me feel like a fake. Mostly because who I am is seen as the bottom of the totem pole, so much so that even I see it that way. I once again feel like I don't belong in the room. But the thing is, I've always belonged in the room. The, student, the students I teach are proof that I'm a great yoga instructor. The clients I've helped have proven I'm worthy of working in the mental health field as a life coach. I'm not an imposter. I've always deserved to be in the room because I have indeed done the work. Others may say I haven't because the work I've done doesn't look like what they deem as important, but it doesn't mean I haven't paid my dues and worked my ass off to get there. And I say the same to anyone listening that feels the same way. Remember this, Prince and D'Angelo were our self-taught musicians. Jimi Hendrix, David Bowie, Louis Armstrong, Thelonious Monk, all self-taught. Some of the greats in music. I trained with a yoga instructor in a yoga studio for years, took that knowledge, continued to grow as a yogi, and I've taught others since then. I've worked in wellness and mental health for years, educating myself, learning all forms of illnesses, medications, and more, and yet there are those that feel they can't take me seriously. I wanted to do this episode not only to inspire someone listening to believe in themselves, but to also go back and listen to this whenever I begin to question myself. Because we can only blame others but so much. We make ourselves feel like imposters because we internalize what others say or what we believe they may feel. If we know we belong in the room, we have to show up with the confidence shining from the work that we've put in. At some point in time, I may be a certified yoga instructor. And some point in time, I may be a fully licensed therapist. Who knows? All I know is, until then, I don't front as if I'm something I'm not. I'm a yoga instructor. And a damn good one. I'm a life coach. And a damn good one. I never purport to be anything other than what I am, supported by the work that I've put in. So, if you're living your life, walking in your truth, and walking in your purpose, don't be made to rush to catch up to where others may be. As all of our journeys differ, you are where you're meant to be and don't play yourself down, lift yourself up. You are worthy of whatever positive space you're in right now. Walk with your head held high and remember that the journey continues. And the journey is where the lessons are learned. Don't race toward the destination. Enjoy each moment. You are not an imposter. You are a blessing to this earth and to each person's life that you touch. So, Misfit Universe, say to yourself, 
I am worthy of happiness. I am worthy of my greatness. It is okay to take my time because my blessings flow at the pace of which I am ready to receive them. Let's say that again. I am worthy of happiness. I am worthy of my greatness. It's okay to take my time because my blessings flow at the pace of which I am ready to receive them. Let's all make a vow to shake off the imposter energy and to walk in the truth of our greatness. Take your time and shine brighter. We'll be back with the couch. All right, Mr. Come on in and have a seat on the couch. So uh, I know normally we would end the show with good news, but we're going to end it with us chilling out on the couch and answering some questions from you all. Uh, so I picked out two. Um, since I took my break, no, I took my break with respite. And then I think the podcast went away for about three months. And then I came back for the anniversary and then didn't do anything again for almost two months. Uh, so yeah, there are a lot of questions. So I, love <laughs> I it. decided I wanted to go with just two for right now. Um, and BHW is here with me for us to answer mm-hmm. them. So the first question is from Jay. And Jay says, I listened to the episode called Respite and it spoke to me. I've been battling a lot of really negative thoughts over the last few years. I don't know about being a therapist. I'm open to it, but I'm not sure how I feel about opening up to a stranger. Do you have any advice about other options for helping me to cope or what can make me feel better about being a therapist? Okay, so I'll ask you again like I did earlier with <laughs> unpacking. Would you like me to go first or do you want to go first? I'm the person that's with me. Oh, um, any tips or anybody else to go to? No, go to a trained professional. That's where you should be going. No, I um, no. In all seriousness, I do think a therapist is good because again, they are trained. They you know are licensed. They have the schooling and the experience. I think I completely understand the reluctance to open up to a stranger, but that is also the beauty of it as well. Once you get comfortable, because they are unbiased. They do not know the other people around they are there there for you i think a good therapist is more so there to like listen kind of help you guide your way through your own thoughts than they are like kind of give you advice um i think too this person is thinking about therapy which means that they probably are people around you that you cannot talk to or you cannot express so i think that mm-hmm. should be a sign for you as well and i'd say that you cannot get to a place where you can be more open with those people but again those people like your friends and family should be your friends and your family like, yes, you can go to them for advice and a shoulder from time to time, but they should not be people you work all your shit through or on, especially if you have, like, the resources and means um, to get a therapist. Um, it'll be scary initially, or maybe, you know, you might have, because you already have some apprehension, but I think mm-hmm. once you get over that hump, then it'll be, it'll be worth it. And I think, okay. no, go ahead. Oh, I, <laughs> I, say too, I, I believe, and I'm, I'm looking to get it back in myself, but I do believe that um, uh, there probably is only, you only get so much back as to what you put it kind of a thing. So you yeah, kind of yeah, go yeah. in and you're like closed off and not really listening or not, not there truly to like change and, and grow or whatever. You kind of say the same, you won't see the benefit of it. And you can't, so you can't go and then be closed off as well. Absolutely. Yeah, come on. 
Yeah, good advice. Yes. <laughs> um, so the first thing that I would suggest for you, Jay, is an organization called NAMI, and that is the National Alliance on Mental Health. Uh, I think that you should check out their website and see the different resources that they have there for you, um, which are multiple. The main thing that I would suggest out of the different things you can get from there, you know, they have a hotline and everything, but I think that you might want to first try a peer support group um, because if you try the peer support group, that there are levels to this when it comes to mental health. And if you feel like it would be uncomfortable for you to just be one-on-one -on -one with a stranger, maybe you would feel more comfortable with people around your age who are going through the same journey as you. And maybe you can use that as an opportunity to talk with them and see how it is that they feel and maybe you can relate to it. That'll help you to open up more. Once you open up from there, you can make a decision to either go to a life coach or to a therapist. Because if we're talking about the rungs of mental health, I believe that a life coach would be next. And as many therapists will tell you, because when I um, when I got my certification for life coaching, I had a lot of therapists and psychiatrists in there with me. And the reason why they wanted their CLC is because as a therapist, there are certain things you're not allowed to say, you know, um, whereas with a life coach, you and your client can be a lot more open about the things that you all discuss and talk about. So a life coach feels more like a friend, you know. Um, and then from there, you can take the next step to a therapist. And then if you feel like on that journey with the therapist, okay, now that we're unpacking these things, unearthing these feelings and these traumas, I know that I'm not in a mental space to be able to be good by myself. So I need meds too, you know? And then from there, you'll see your psychiatrist. And so there are levels to it. So you don't have to feel as though you have to rush your, yourself into a mm -hmm. therapist. You can start and then, you know, make that journey and make your way up until you feel comfortable. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that I appreciate that neither one of us said is just talk to your friends. That's a real old school way of thinking, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and if you really are in a place where you think you're about to explode, of course, you know, you can talk to your friends just so you can have that release. But mm -hmm. don't don't go to your friends as if they're professionals. You mm -hmm. feel me? Mm -hmm. um, and there's a difference with a, with a peer group because with the peer group, more often than not, there'll be somebody moderating it who is a professional, you know? So as BHW said, in all instances, look for a professional that knows what it is they're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, Jay, thank you so much for asking that question. Uh, check back in with us. Let us know if you've made a decision to move forward with this and hope that all is well with you. Okay. So <clears throat> the next question, which I guess if you went first with the other one, I'll go first on this one. Um, this person's name is Wright. Um, that could have been an alias that they went with, but okay. Wright is spelled W-R-I-G-H-T. Okay. So Wright said, uh, what's a topic that you don't think that you would ever want to discuss on the podcast? Um, <laughs> or... <laughs> Uh, and and for, for me, I'm like, because there are so many things that I would want to unpack. And it's so funny because when I read that question, all I thought about was Oprah. And I was like, what is it that Oprah wouldn't want to talk about? And I was like, I mean, I came up with something. But even in saying this, from a mental health point of view, there's a part of me that feels like there's a lot that we could unearth with this. And okay. so the one thing I don't think that I would want to discuss is pedophilia. Um, 
I I don't know how comfortable I would be with an episode about, especially you know, if we had like, and I don't know how I'd go about doing this, but an actual pedophile on the show, you know, like that makes me extremely uncomfortable for them to talk about from a mental health point of view how or why they believe they got to that point. Um, while I think from from a once again from a mental health point of view, I think it would be interesting to unpack the mind of somebody like that. I don't mm-hmm. know how I personally would feel doing it. You know, we, mm-hmm. we all have evolution of thought and I feel like I still have a particular level of evolution to get to where I can mm-hmm. sit with somebody like that and not be extremely uncomfortable, you yeah. know? Um, so maybe check back with me two to four years from now and maybe I'll think differently. But right now I feel like that's something I couldn't talk about on the podcast. Okay. So for you, you could either choose the healing space or you could choose brunch. That's completely up to you. Um, I don't know. I would not. I don't know. I think I'm so private. So I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty open with everything like to a point anyway, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to go and then, okay, it's too far. I don't know. Um, Discussing. Oh, I there. I okay. There are certain um, TV and film conversations or people I I probably will not discuss on a recorded platform. I can't say those names because I'm not going to discuss them. I was about to say right. <laughs> um. So I think I think that is probably it. I think everything else I probably could discuss up to a point, but there are certain people. I'm, I'm not touching. Smiley face. It's a smile on your face. It's a smile on your face. Just cause, and it's, I, for me personally, as I'm trying to do more with my writing and, and specifically like on Twitter, the degrees of separation are getting smaller. So we have to be careful of things that I say on there. And just, you just never know when something you say or tweet or whatever will kind of come back or who knows who or who just so happened to listen. And so, yeah. So here's what I like. I like that Wright asked that question and we took it from two different points of view. Mm-hmm. I loved that. I loved that. Because I didn't I didn't even think from the point of view of what is it that I wouldn't want to, you know, personally divulge if yeah, I was. Yeah. You know, so I like that you went from that point of view. When you started talking, I was like, yes, okay. I didn't even think about that <laughs> side. Exactly. Absolutely, absolutely. So thank you, Wright. I appreciate that. Thank you yes. to Wright and Jay. Those are great questions. Got me thinking. Right? <laughs> uh, okay. So as always, we would like to thank BHW for being here. You know, he is the original oh, with oh, me. Oh. Um, <laughs> always <laughs> home. Yes. I must say, always the fact that you're always willing to come back and talk to us. Shoot, the, the, the amount of space that's in between each episode now. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> but um, you know you're used to this question. If the misfits want to walk with you, how would they go about doing that? Can walk with me? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> On Twitter and Instagram. They're both open now. Oh. What? <laughs> now, I'm necessarily post a lot of selfies on Instagram, but hey, that's neither here nor there. I do post on my story more often. But Twitter and Instagram is just call me Otis. And yeah. Listen, he gave y'all both today. 
don't y'all play around that Instagram. Y'all better get over there now. <laughs> I can't. Right while I'm still up, no, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really. Oh, okay. So if you want to walk with me, that is Scorpiogi across all platforms. Good luck on IG. Um, the website oh. is scorpiogi.com. <laughs> For THS. It is THS Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and underscore THS Podcast on Twitter. I don't do a damn thing on Twitter. Um, so I realized with this new change that I'm making to THS, I need to start uh, putting more things on Twitter. Uh, BHW exists over in that world, so maybe he can educate me on some things. Um, there's more changes. What you say? I'll try child. Yeah. <laughs> There are more changes coming to the Healing Space universe. Uh, so I hope that you all will continue to support and check in with us. Uh, I am, and you know I rarely say this word, but I am, well, no, no, because I'm not even going to lie. I was going to use the EX word. I'm looking forward to what's to come. Okay. <laughs> and on the other side of all of those things happening is when I will use the, the excited word. But... We are good to go. Okay, Misfits, we are gone. Uh, please make sure that you go back and listen to other episodes of THS Podcast as well. And until next time, we love you all so much. Now, Monday.